1: So if you'd like to support me and the show, head to patreon.com slash show, and for as little as five bucks a month, you can define yourself as more than just a fan. You'll be an official member of the Legion. Hope to see you there.
2: A crusty dive bar at the end of the galaxy. You'll never find such a loathsome den of scum and villainy, except for that other place. It is here that a robed and hooded Obi-Wan Kenobi is trying to lay low. A host of Imperial forces are in the star system and he's the one they're there to find. Walking two drinks back to his table, he inadvertently bumps one of the seated patrons who leaned back suddenly to give emphasis to the story he was telling. Now wet from the spill, that patron turns around and the scowling face of Wolverine hisses at the Jedi Master. Hey bub, you think this yellow spandex ain't gonna stain? Obi-Wan calmly takes a step back and waves his hand. There is no reason for anger. Wolverine jumps out of his chair. You don't tell me what to get angry about. Wait a sec, you trying some mind stuff on me? Now I'm mad. The raucous and full bar quickly empties out. As Mutant wants a piece of Jedi tonight. It's Uncle Ben versus Captain Terror. It's Jedi Master versus Weapon X. It's Obi Wan Kenobi versus Wolverine. Today on Who Would Win?
1: And welcome to another episode of Who Would Win, a show that completely ignores anything important happening in the world and instead focuses on a fictional battle between two characters from the world of comic sci fi and fantasy. I'm your host, James Gavsey, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Ray Stacanus. In today's episode, we have what will go down as a soon-to-be classic episode of Who Would Win. In one corner, you have the iconic Obi-Wan Kenobi, quite arguably the greatest Jedi to have ever lived, at least that's what I think, versus Wolverine. In many people's opinion, the most popular X-Men and mutant ever, as well as a proud Canadian who is coming back for a shot at redemption after having lost to Bloodshot in season one of Who Would Win. As usual, I did the patented Who Would Win Google test just to see, you know, how many times this match has been discussed. Yeah, it doesn't take a genius to figure this out. It was discussed well over one million times in great and excruciating detail. However, it's never been done Who Would Win style. With all that said, Ray, I got to know, what are your thoughts on Well, I believe match-up?
2: you're burying the lead just a little bit here, James Gavsey, because Ben Kenobi was selected by the people of Patreon who are fans of this show. We gave them some choices and said, you guys get to vote on whoever this is, a people that keep getting suggested over and over again, and Obi-Wan Kenobi won the patron's choice poll and so now at the end of january here we are he's on the show i'm excited about wolverine's eventual redemption today and i'm sad about what i've got to do to poor uncle ben
1: why do you keep calling him uncle Ben? because i think it's funny james i mean is, is have you had a lot of rice lately are you are you thinking of something else are you channeling much, something much like desire? his
2: alter ego in the marvel universe he too will die before the end of this episode
1: Interesting. I like the confidence. You know, Ray, we're using the term, and I'm using air quotes here, a classic matchup for today's episode. But the reality is, with the amount of work, and I'm talking the amount, the sheer crazy amount of work we put into it's every match. Yeah, every episode really of who would win is actually really, really good. And I'm not just saying that. I mean, we take pride in that. So what separates a great matchup? That we usually do with what we see as a soon-to-be classic episode of Who Would Win, like the one we're about to do. Well,
2: I mean, obviously, we do a lot of care and uh, time and consideration with the boardroom and whatever. that When we put these matchups together, we think it's very, very important to put a compelling matchup from pen to paper to boardroom to show. And so, you know, I appreciate all the people who give us all the suggestions. They oftentimes hip us out to characters that we never knew existed before. So why they thought they would be good suggestions, I don't know. What I'm trying to say is the people don't know what they're (laughs) doing. We do. That's how I know when we put a matchup together, it will be good.
1: You know, to pull back the curtain a little bit, when we were discussing this matchup with the Who Would Win production team, and Ray and I sometimes text back and forth, you know, the way we do, you know, we came up with Obi-Wan Kenobi, thanks to our patrons. And I got to tell you, Ray, I don't know if you sense this, I, I, all these suggestions that were coming, some I had no idea who these people were or characters were, and some were good, but I kept saying, we need a character of equal and of massive significance. Yes. And that's what I think sometimes the the legion of audience, our fan base may not always see. Look, I love the crazy good suggestions. I love the out of the box thinking. But when you have an Obi-Wan Kenobi, an icon of icons You gotta match that character up with someone of equal significance. Am I wrong on that, Ray, or am I seeing it the right
2: way? 100% correct. You know, it's one of my favorite things that I see that just makes me shake my head with sadness, is when people post up an animated GIF of some rando anime character that I've never even heard of before, and they don't even put the person's (laughs) name on there. They're just like, here's my suggestion, and I'm like, it's like a dude in a suit jacket with, with like, flare pants on, waving a torch. I don't know who that is. I don't Watch D-list anime. I'm sorry, guys. I just don't have that kind of time anymore.
1: That was a uh, Bakugo from um, My Hero Academia. Great suggestion, by the way. But Ray, your point is actually don't see him on the show correct. today,
2: do we, James?
1: <laughs> All right. Listen, it is time for us to bring on our judge because I, I definitely, if you're going to have an episode as great as this, you need to bring in an equally significant judge, maybe a judge who's even more glorious than this battle itself. That's how you make a classic episode. Welcoming back to our show for yet another time. It's fan favorite, it's author and content creator. It's someone who is this close to winning Judge of the Year for season three. It's Crystal Storm. Crystal, welcome back to the Who Would Win Show. Thank you.
3: Thank you for having me. Uh shout out to the Legion of audience, everybody who voted for me and not the other guy. Uh, even though I wow. also deeply love the other guy. I'm not even gonna say his name. He knows who he is. He knows. I also I was listening to you guys talk earlier and uh, in the spirit of being like a who would win fan of the show as well. um, I think you guys got it wrong. I think you guys don't recognize that when people suggest these matchups and put like an anime character on there and you don't know who they are. That's y'all's fault because that person was significant to them. So when you Mm. have these matchups and you use the word significant, I don't think you're using it correctly. Come on, so Shout James. out to the, the legion of audience and everybody who is trying to get these two fellas to act right. I'm here. Don't worry about it. We're going to handle it.
2: I cannot believe James no, Gavsey failed the people like this, Crystal. I hope <laughs> you won't fail them by siding with him today.
1: You know, Crystal, you're so right. You know, when you think of like Obi Wan Kenobi, all the films, mm-hmm. the fan fiction, the oh novels. Oh, my God. The so much games. that Disney
3: just canceled because they suck. But anyway.
1: Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Versus, you know, the horse. From you know Red Dead Redemption that John Marshall, the main character, wrote. You're right. Sometimes I don't see the same significance that some people say another character. But it's all good. You're right. Everyone is. Listen, you've got at least five
3: fans who wanted to see that, James. At least five.
1: Okay, and they're sad tonight. They are sad. Now, listen. (laughs) Let's kind of shift this back to Crystal the Storm because you're that important. Uh, What have you been up to? By the way, I know it's been a lot.
3: Yeah, uh, James. Really, I can sum it all up with saying that my good news is better than yours. Go on. Yes, uh, I have been up to <laughs> <laughs> that was great, great segue. Uh, no, I have I've been up to quite a bit, but most importantly has been the Television's Good News Show. And just very quickly, cool, the Television's Good News Show is exactly what it sounds. It is a solution based good news show that aims to people stop doom scrolling and remember that there are people out there solving actual problems so you know how we just get on twitter and we just complain a lot well the good news show hopes to kind of counteract that by saying hey let's let's not just complain let me show you all these people who are doing amazing things organizations and you learn stuff um the we did a show zero and three different amazing good news solutions were on there and i had no idea about any of them um, because you just don't hear about that in mainstream media. So we are hoping to raise the funds to do a whole full season. And then after that, I want a whole
1: good news network, man. I don't want people watching CNN or Fox. I want them watching the good news. We're with you on that one, 100%. How, how do you get people, what is the best way for people to donate and contribute to this? Class?
3: Absolutely. Go to tellourvisions.com. That easy. Tellourvisions.com. Go there. All the information is right there on the webpage. Or you can just like DM James a lot because he's an executive producer and he needs something to do.
1: What? Yeah. I am. Yeah. I'll tell you what. I tell you what. I am honored to be part of the show. Mm-hmm. And when Chris, when you first came to me and said, here's an idea for the show, I'm like, this is brilliant. Yeah, this is absolutely something the world needs. Now, with that being said, you know, before we go to the episode, can you give our audience an example of some great news that they should really know about?
3: Oh, absolutely. Um, I will give you three examples of great news. I'll give should you know one before. example right out here at the top. Me. OK, I'm great news. I'm here. Okay, Ray, my good news is better than yours. So the Shocking. four examples that I have, yeah, is uh one me being on the show again for this amazing matchup, by the way, because That's I'm fans just a of copy both of mine. This, this no, show is better. My an good news is better than yours, Ray. Hear me. Okay <laughs> The other three are, uh, <laughs> um, it is a food app that literally will go around to different restaurants and pick up food because we throw away too much and deliver it to people in need. An indigenous solution where spirit allies are actually making masks for this community and they can make like something insane. They make like 80 masks in an hour and then they just... It's crazy. Um, but they did that all within one of their local communities to help stop the spread of COVID, which wow. hit the Native American community first people really freaking hard. Yeah. And then the yeah. uh, the absolute last one um, was urban foresting, which you wouldn't believe that is going on. But it's happening right now in Atlanta where they are literally like growing forests in cities, which is also helping with food insecurity. And it's just three amazing good news. And it's working. They're all working. So it's it's just great.
1: You know what's really great about all of that great news, other than the fact that it's great news, mm-hmm. is I love your delivery of the great news. You make it sound very exciting. It is. You, know, a lot of, you watch the news and like, and today Jimmy did really well in school, and like no one cares. No one cares. Yeah, I mean that's great yeah. for Jimmy. Let's, well, let's the show it. is
3: fun too because I have three good news reps arguing like you and like you and Ray do. And just trying to convince the audience while their good news is better. And then the audience, you, the legion of audience, gets to vote on which good news solution for the week they like the best. And then I pick out some amazing prize. Like I have to send Delvin, who won, a very gently used back scratcher. I have to put this in the mail and
1: give it to him because he won. (laughs) And I have used it and now he gets it. I mean, that's insanely valuable right there. I know. All right. So tell the of audience where they can watch it.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So the there is a YouTube channel, but we don't have like an official. I need more people to subscribe to it. So you're hearing about it now. So you're going to go subscribe to it. So if you just go to tellourvisions.com, all the social media links, everything is there. It'll make it real easy for you. Just click things. You guys can do it. I believe in you.
1: TellourVisions.com, Legion of Audience, make it happen. Let's support this amazing show just because Crystal the Storm is, you know, insanely amazing. All right, this is it. Ray Cicadas, I can't tell you how insanely excited I am for this matchup. We have two great characters. We got Obi-Wan Kenobi, we got Wolverine, we got you, we got me. And most importantly, we have Crystal the Storm coming back to the Who Would Win show. With all of that being said, Ray, please do us the honors and announce today's matchup.
2: Representing Star Wars the Jedi who hates vodka since he believes that only Siths deal in absolute. Obi-Wan Kenobi. Really? And representing Marvel Comics, the mutant who doesn't use his claws to cut down trees, he uses a huge axe, man. Wolverine.
3: (laughs) Y'all haven't hired a writer yet? There's no writer yet? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Um, I'm going to be using air quotes a lot during Mm -hmm. this episode. Let me start right now. Air quotes. Well done, Ray. (laughs) Now, before we go any further. Gems,
2: both of them. How dare you both.
1: (laughs) Gems is also the uh, way you say my name in French. Wow. Uh, Before we go any further, let's go over the official rules of who would win match. Rule number one, each debater will make three points. Rule number two, the who would win match is a random encounter in a neutral location with no prior knowledge of the opponent or time to prepare for the fight. Rule number three, the debater must stay within the confines of the character's personality and the exact version of that character has to be specifically stated. Ray, there are so many literally amazing versions of Wolverine slash Logan out there. Which version are you going to
2: 616 Marvel, let's just keep it real. If I'm coming for the heat tonight, I'm coming for the heat with the strongest horse in the stable.
1: I think that's a very, very good call. Now, I'll be using Obi-Wan Kenobi, but I will be staying away from the non-canon-slash-legend well, Gosh, I hope so. Uh, fan fiction
2: has no place in a show like this, James.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's funny you say that. <laughs> Crystal Storm, do you like fan
3: fiction? Yeah, I've actually written some, too. Uh oh, Yeah, interesting. yeah interesting. and you know what? I've not good
1: enough for the show. actually wow,
3: auditioned to be in the audio drama that I'm producing that is based off of oh, a wow. fan fiction that I wrote. And I think that i just lost his application. Like, I don't know where it went. I just... Crystal, no part of
2: you thinks that a fan fiction Star Wars stuff you write belongs as a point on the Who Would Win show because I respect you as a judge because canon or not accepted. That's how it works.
1: Yeah, Uh yeah. Uh, Let's see what rule number six says. Rule number four, debaters may use examples of skills, powers, weapons that are a long-established part of the character's continuity. Feats from non-canon crossovers are allowed, interesting, will be given less weight. Rule number five, the winner of the debate is whoever the judge, that's you Crystal, decides has the best case for defeating their opponent by death, submission, or battlefield removal. Finally, rule number six, the judge. Interesting here. The judge is the final arbiter. That's me. And can disallow or veto any point they feel violates these rules or established logic. Interesting, Crystal. Yeah. I wonder what that means for your really awesome, soon to be produced Star Wars. Yeah.
3: Uh, I just, uh, you know what? All the Wolverine know Rain fans to tonight,
1: You know, James, man. people really like to tune in for the rules. Oh.
3: Yes. <laughs> seriously, wow. To sleep over Wow. <laughs>
1: Ray, remember you're asking why you don't get invited to more things? Yeah, that's... No, I have no idea. It's just crazy. All right, feel free to check out the official rules on our website, whowouldwinshow.com. And before we get started, don't forget to visit the official Who Would Win store. Get your official Who Would Win t-shirts, mugs, and merchandise by going to whowouldwinshow.com and clicking on the merch section.
2: We have a new sponsor for Who Would Win, and I think y'all might enjoy this one. It is Marvel Strike Force. Marvel Strike Force is a mobile game that taps into everything we all love about Marvel Comics. You get to pick a squad of your favorite Marvel heroes, you know, and villains, let's keep it real, and team them up to fight big bads like Doctor Doom and, of course, save the universe. Your goal in Marvel Strike Force is to power up your characters and compete PvP against other players in multiple different modes. And you know I'm not telling you all about this empty-handed, because if you're a new user and sign up with our promo code MAXPOOL, M-A-X-P-O-O-L, you're going to get hooked up with all kinds of free stuff to get you started the right way. Let's face facts. You love Marvel, you love gaming, and you got a phone. So take a sec and check out Marvel Strike Force using the link in the description of this episode, ideally, and use our promo code MAXPOOL and get the whole Who Would Win Show hookup. Thanks again to Marvel Strike Force, and thanks to me for this great read. Good job, me.
1: And now, let's get the tale of the tape for both of our combatants. Ray, please give us the details for Wolverine.
2: Wolverine is a mysterious mutant and member of the X-Men. He was created by Roy Thomas, Len Wein, and John Romita Sr. to be a Canadian representation in the superhero world. He first appeared in The Incredible Hulk number 180 back in 1974. A mutant with an unknown backstory, until recently, Wolverine has been one of the most popular X-Men for decades. Possessing a high-level healing factor and a skeleton of adamantium with claws from each hand, Logan, as he's otherwise known, has been huge in 80s comics, 90s cartoons, and movies since then. In his near 50 years, he's crossed paths with near everyone and fought near everyone more. Fun fact, Wolverine's costume has undergone many changes through the years, but did you know that his original design had whiskers? True. His original costume, as seen in the Hulk comic, had a mask with whiskers either on it or coming from it, depending on your perception. When he was brought back for Giant Size X-Men number one, the whiskers were cut, his ears were made much bigger, and he looked a lot more like the Wolverine we know and love today, I'm kind of glad for it. That is Wolverine.
1: Now, it's interesting that you thought you said that the creators made a representation of what they thought was like a Canadian superhero correct. kind of thing. Is that yeah, correct? Yeah, yeah,
2: he was sent from the Canadian government to deal with the Hulk in his original incarnation, <laughs> which you think about Wolverine as a character now, that's not how it works.
1: No, and uh, being from Canada, there's not a whole bunch of Wolverine-looking dudes walking around, but Man. um Mm. It'd, it'd be great if there were but I'm just I'm gonna own the fact that he's Canadian and just take some pride with that Absolutely. you know finally Canada has something they can
2: I think if you about. look at Moose Jaw Saskatchewan you might find one or two I'm just saying
1: <laughs> well you never know here are the details for Obi-Wan Kenobi Obi-Wan Kenobi was created by George Lucas and first appeared in the iconic and epic film Star Wars A New Hope back in 1977 Obi-Wan Kenobi also known as Ben Kenobi was a human male Jedi master who served on the Jedi High Council during the final years of the Republic era Raised in the Jedi Temple on Coruscant, Kenobi was assigned to Jedi Master Kegon Jinn and attained the rank of Jedi Knight by defeating the Sith Lord Darth Maul during the Invasion of Naboo. He also chose to train Anakin Skywalker, the prophesied Chosen One, who was destined to destroy the Sith and restore balance to the Force. As a Jedi General, Kenobi served in the Grand Army of the Republic that fought against the Separatist Droid Army during the Clone Wars. Great series, by the way, definitely have to catch that. Kenobi, however, was forced into exile as a result of the Great Jedi Purge. During this time, Kenobi was responsible for training Luke Skywalker, who served in turn as his Padawan in the ways of the Force, at least for a short time. And here's an interesting fact about Obi-Wan Kenobi. Did you know that a couple of his on-screen injuries were a direct tribute to the original actor Alec Guinness? It's true. During a battle between Obi-Wan and Count Dooku, a.k.a. Count Tyrannus, Dooku gives Obi-Wan vicious slashes across the left shoulder and thigh. The location of these scars correspond to actual gunshot wounds that Sir Alec Guinness received during his service in World War II as the captain of a landing craft during the invasion of Sicily and D-Day. As Attack of the Clones was the first Star Wars movie released after Guinness's death in 2000, it was an excellent way to pay homage to Alec Guinness's service and bravery, albeit in an extremely subtle way. And now you have the facts on both opponents. Crystal, do you have any questions before we get started? No questions. Very excited about it this matchup. All right, Ray, please proceed with your first point.
2: Point number one for Wolverine. Let's just talk about the basic metrics of Wolverine. We're not even gonna get into the fancy stuff yet because he's got strength, speed, and skill. And he's got those three things in droves. Obi-Wan Kenobi, you know, it's a funny thing when I break down that character, because as a young man, he was very, very powerful, very, very strong, you know, great with the lightsaber, absolutely, but he was a little bit impetuous, he didn't always make the best decisions, he trained, you know, Darth Vader not exactly a guy who makes great choices in the moment gets a case of the yips when it comes to the really important ones but then later ben kenobi not quite as good with a lightsaber not quite as powerful he gets old and wise and, but he's smart enough that he wouldn't make those same weird mistakes like you know training darth vader your mortal enemy uh, uh later on so he would avoid perhaps some of those confrontations but the weird thing is james i don't know which end of the ben kenobi spectrum that you're going to be leaning into here because honestly the less skilled he gets, the smarter and you know better fighter he becomes. There's going to be a weakness there one way or the other, depending on which way we slice this cake. But let's talk about Wolverine because he's super, super strong. I don't know if Ben Kenobi is ever really showing super strength at any given point, but Wolverine has bro- broken what was referred to as the hardest steel money can buy. He had chains made out of it, and he just shattered those links of chains to escape in an area. He loves picking people up and throwing them into other people. It's It's one of my favorite moves in all of combat. At one point, Wolverine picked up six men at the same time and threw them through a wooden wall in the middle of a bar fight. He picked up a guy named Dragon Man who weighs over three tons and he slammed him into this wall by just grabbing him by the tail and kind of whipping him around and throwing him. He once picked up Colossus large, large mutant, and then threw him into Juggernaut, taking them both out at the same time in another bar fight. The point is, I haven't seen Obi-Wan pull off anything close to that in any of his movies before. Heck, one time Wolverine just took a punch and he knocked out a demon-possessed grizzly bear. (laughs) Grizzly bear is known for size, known for durability. We talked about it last week with John Marston. You get a demon inside of one and you can knock him out with a punch. I'm just going to say right now, I think he got a good chance against a human. He once broke a dinosaur's neck. We all know Marvel characters like to fight dinosaurs. Went back in time and snapped a dinosaur's neck. One guy tried to attack him with a sword once. You know, a very powerful, you know, a polished steel sword. He just used a karate chop and then cut the sword in half. Usually, the sword is what cuts the thing in half, not you using your hand to chop the sword in half, but that's Wolverine's massive strength and speed. This is a guy who can dodge gunfire without any question. Machine gun fire, pistols, rooms full of people, we've seen him get away with it. He's also very acrobatic. He's known for leaping very, very high in the air. He's known for leaping very, very far. He can you know, cross chasms, jump high in the air. We've seen Jedis do that kind of stuff all the time. I believe Wolverine can match those types of acrobatic moves and well beyond it even more because he has to have a lot of animalistic abilities to his fighting. And the other last thing I'll say about his speed is that he moves faster than most opponents can register. A lot of the times in Marvel Comics, especially Wolverine since the mid-90s or so, Wolverine moves what they call FTE a lot of the time, so he's like killing ninjas and spec ops troops out there before they even register that the combat's about to happen. You got to give full credit to a guy who can fight a ninja and get the drop on him and take him out before the ninja even knows what's going on. So Wolverine's got the strength, the speed, the skill, and he's just bringing way more physically to the table than Ben Kenobi. And that's my point. Number one,
1: Ray, you know, I'm listening to your points. It's just got to hurt to be so wrong. About something. Let me explain a little bit. First of all, also let me clarify I'll be using Ben Kenobi from the end of the Clone Wars, where he's already destroyed Darth Vader. Arguably at his peak, and he's kind of about to go hiding into hiding in Tatooine. Uh, I just feel like that's a good comparison with everything. Okay, so let me dispel a couple of things. You're saying, oh, he he de- he beat Colossus by throwing him into Juggernaut. He might have picked up, he might have pushed or thrown Colossus into Juggernaut, like shoved them. They both fell down. Uh, yeah, they're two characters known not for being uh, defeated by a shove. That's something that's kind of interesting that you would put out there. Let's see. Also, uh, let let me clarify. Wolverine's listed by Marvel Comics to be able to lift two tons, which doesn't mean he can't push something bigger. But that's about the limit. Now, that's not a bad limit, picking up two tons. But kind of put that to where Obi-Wan is. He's more Spider-Man level level who can lift about 10 tons. I like where you're going a lot with Wolverine. There's a bit of exaggeration happening there. Exaggeration? You just said
2: Ben Kenobi can lift 10 tons. When has he ever done that ever?
1: With the Force? All the time. And I'll explain more in my point number one. So let's talk about the Force. Thanks for that segue, Ray. Let's talk about the Force and how Obi-Wan uses it. Okay, now in Star Wars lore, people think, you know, who's the most powerful? is Luke Skywalker, Darth Vader, Yoda, Mace Windu, Emperor Palpatine. These are the go-to Force users in terms of overall strength and ability, but you can't have that kind of conversation without putting Obi-Wan Kenobi near the top of that list and I'm gonna explain why. So what can he do with the force? Well, he can use the force to lift, he can throw and suspend people, he can do that with large objects, and even hold massive ships in place midair so they can't move. Yeah, that's a lot more than just being able to lift 10 tons and he's using the force to do that. He can increase his own speed and agility by channeling the force through his body. He moves so fast, this is a quote by the way, that he leaves after images or like a mirage of his body. You know who's known for doing that? Yeah, Spider-Man, that's why I'm making this comparison. I'm just saying that, Spider-Man does the same thing. Obi-Wan is so fast that he can outrun an explosion that he was caught in. Literally, he's caught in an explosion, he's like, time to run fast, let me use the force, he's out, that is insanely fast. What else can he do? Well, he can actually increase his strength to superhuman levels, he actually stopped a dinosaur-sized monster or beast by grabbing the top and bottom of its mouth, stopping its mouth and kind of keeping it right there. This is a Tyrannosaurus, Tyrannosaurus-sized beast of some sort that was raging and Obi-Wan just grabbed its mouth and just kind of looked at it and stopped it and said, yeah, I got this. He can use Jedi mind tricks to manipulate someone's mind. He's done that all the time. He can use the Force to communicate and calm wild and monstrous animals who are going absolutely berserk and who are bloodlusted. More on that later. He can use the Force to heal himself prevent blood loss, and it literally keep himself fighting longer. The Force gives him super endurance where he can fight at peak level for an extended period of time. He can create powerful fields around himself using the Force that can tank blaster fire from firearms, from large vehicles like spaceships and what have you. You don't always see like a force field like going around, but he does use the Force to help himself be that much more durable. There's more. Let's see, talking about durability, he, he survives massive explosions, no problem. He survives large falls from super high heights. And just like Luke Skywalker, the Force also makes Obi-Wan Kenobi superhumanly accurate. This is what's really cool. So when Ben Kenobi went undercover during an episode of Clone Wars, and he had to pretend he was an escaped criminal, he went with some other bounty hunters. He was put into this hunger's Game, Hunger Game type of match or whatever, and he had to go up against other. Uh, Sharpshooters with blasters and what have you. So he takes a blaster that he really doesn't know how to use or right? is not comfortable with it, whatever, and masters it immediately using the Force and hits every target and wins that accuracy game. It's kind of crazy. Speaking of hard-to-hit targets, Obi-Wan is hard to hit because he also has enhanced senses, just like Wolverine does, thanks to the Force. They increase his sight. They increase his hearing. He notices things. He can see things from further away. Things can actually slow down when he sees it, like Captain America. He just sees things Faster, who so can react better. And finally, the Force itself acts as a kind of a precog device, warning Obi-Wan of impending danger, not too dissimilar to Spider-Man's Spider-Sense. And we've seen that before, where Obi-Wan walks in and he's like, I feel a disturbance. Something's up here. What's going on? He's already warned to what's happening. Put all this together, and you can see why Wolverine is for in for one hell of a fight. That's my point number one.
2: Absolutely. There's going to be a heck of a fight here, James. I don't appreciate the salty language. Minus one point, please, Judge. What we got to say right here is that Obi-Wan, you know, you're asking a lot of questions. I still didn't really hear any specific examples of when he lifted 10 tons. Just, he lifted some ship at some point while it was in space where there's no gravity. James, I just don't think that that's really that great a feat given what I've actually described that Wolverine can actually do, which is actually stronger than what you're pretending Wolverine is. So, I'm giving facts. You're giving loose interpretations of reality. Now, if Obi-Wan is really so great, why did he lose to Count Dooku twice? Dooku was well past his prime by the time they fought. I'll tell you the answer why and the reason theorized by Star Wars fans and that's because he felt like he needed to get the fight done quickly he knew that he was up against somebody who was extremely powerful somebody who had answers for him potentially so even though he felt he was a more skilled fighter which maybe he wasn't he was trying to be extra aggressive and against a character like Wolverine I could see where he might feel very very quickly he would have to be extra aggressive against a character like Wolverine that's going to come at him real hot, real heavy, and I think that's much in the same way he lost to Dooku twice. That's exactly the same type of mentality he's shown to use before in a similar
1: situation that will cause him defeat again. If only he had some feats that would kind of counter everything you just said i just hopefully i can find those man i hope it's not a a
2: feat that reverses the fact that he lost to dooku twice
1: yeah he had some victories over him during the clone wars as well and i just hope wolverine doesn't have any embarrassing losses we'll see more about that later crystal Crystal the Storm. Yes. You've heard point number one from both Ray and myself. Where's your head at so far with this battle?
3: So far, I like what I'm hearing. So far, I like this matchup really well. I was a little concerned at the beginning about a couple of things, but you guys have, I'm not going to say them because you guys have kind of already addressed them. But I like right now how point number one is really coming up against Wolverine's brute strength versus Obi-Wan Kenobi's power um, because that's... That's going to be something interesting to see how each fighter kind of overcomes that. So I'm looking forward to seeing what you guys throw at me for points number two and
1: three. Very cool. All right. Sounds like we're kind of going neck and you know neck to neck. You right are now. neck to
3: neck right now. Yeah, yeah.
2: It's fun. It.
1: All right. This is good. This is exciting. This is exactly where I wanted to be. Race to Canis, hit us with your point number two. Point
2: number two for Wolverine. Now, one thing that we've done is a lot of Jedi battles and a lot of Force user-powered battles on this show before. And the one thing that I've learned about how Force users and Jedi and whatever, how they tend to fight is the battle opens up where they stand at a distance from each other and they use their Force powers. They try to throw rocks and try to bring the house down on the other person. And they don't really get into the meat of the fighting. They try to take each other out using Force shenanigans and then when inevitably that doesn't work then you get in hot and heavy and it's about who can fight with the lightsaber the best I have to assume that's the same type of route that Obi-Wan Kenobi will use today because it's sort of the script for every single time a Jedi gets into a fight you know in the Star Wars universe so when he starts off using Force powers trying to drop walls and throw things at Wolverine how well exactly is that going to go for him because Wolverine has a healing factor. Wolverine can heal very, very quickly from just about anything when he isn't dodging it. One time Wolverine got hit square on by a car and got up and walked away with pretty much no problem healing from it extremely quickly. So what is throwing a few rocks and bricks and canisters at Wolverine really going to do, even if he hits him every single time, which seems pretty unlikely? Also, Electronachios, really, really famous ninja assassin, she used nerve attacks, things that actually attack certain body points to try to shut them down, much in the same way a Force user potentially could try to use the Force against certain body parts of Wolverine. Well, Wolverine was not phased and healed very quickly from also nerve attacks. So I don't see, again, how those types of long-distance Force attacks are going to be able to land their mark against Wolverine. Heck, one time a guy in the Wolverine Marvel Universe had a disintegrator blaster a thing that was literally turning bodies to skeletons he was shooting people with it in a hostage situation and turning them into charred husks he shot wolverine multiple times with this and by the time he was done with his call to the fbi that he was on with at the time with the negotiator wolverine was back to full strength and attacked him and took him out the question in a who would win battle is you got to keep him down for two minutes. What is Obi-Wan Kenobi possibly going to do to Wolverine that keeps him down for two minutes when being disintegrated to a skeleton will not do it? you talk about force lightning. I don't think uh, he even does it, but even if, you know, if he did, direct lightning blast from a Thor clone shooting Mjolnir's lightning power at Wolverine couldn't drop him. Quake, the very powerful uh, character, blew up his heart. He came right back. He's been known to smash and throw people of a far higher level than a whole heck of a lot of the droids and, and stormtroopers. And yeah, there have been a few good duels in there. You know, you say the uh, the Darth Vader duels from some of the, the kids' cartoons and stuff. Sure, and I'm absolutely here for it. I love the fact that this universe has been expanded upon. Uh, you know, some might say diluted quite a bit, but I would say expanded upon. It's not like we're using the fan fiction here. We've talked about that before. But Wolverine has smashed Namor or Namor, depending on how real you want to get, Uh, Vision, (laughs) Sabretooth, Venom of all characters, kind of a big deal, and Ghost Rider. If you could pick up and slap around Ghost Rider and throw him into traffic... You got a good chance against Obi-Wan Kenobi. The other thing I want to mention right now, and the last thing for this point is, he's also got superior sight, smell, hearing, all of his senses are superhumanly acute, which means that, yeah, sure if you say Ben Kenobi has the Force, it just does everything. The Force seems to be apparently, according to James Gavsey, this giant MacGuffin that says you can never lose a battle ever, except for the fact that we know that that's not how anything works at all. We've seen Jedi's get killed by non-Force users before, well how if the Force is just going to win every battle for for you. The quick answer is it won't. You have to win the battles for yourself. The Force helps those who trust in the Force, but also can use it. I'm not going to say Ben Kenobi can't use the Force, but Wolverine is a type of enemy he's quite frankly never had to deal with before. Last thing to mention, with the, uh, with the sense of sight and smell and what have you, if it ever became a battle of Obi-Wan trying to hide into a sneak attack on Wolverine, that ain't going to work whatsoever. But I would argue Wolverine could try to pull off that move against Ben Kenobi, especially because he can function just as well in darkness as he can in the light with his enhanced senses. Wolverine has a chance to mess with the environment a little bit. You got one guy with a glowing stick in the middle of the room. I think Wolverine's got a good chance to sneak up and take him out, and that's my point number two.
1: All right, so you you said something, and you've used this against me, so I got to use this against you now. Where you said that Wolverines, you know, you know, Smash or fought, you know, Venom, Ghost Rider, and it's something like you said before, and there's some truth to it too. Any character can get into a a fight with another character, winning, doing well, actually getting ahead is a whole different story. Don't see Wolverine beating Ghost Rider or Venom or what have you, but it's interesting he got into a fight with him. One time this guy got into a, a shoving match with me, didn't end up well with me, but he did say he got into a match with me. All right let's talk about this force shenanigans here's the deal Ray you got to watch Star Wars a little bit more closely because when two force users get into it it's rarely a force shove to force shove that was done really well by the way in the last Star Wars prequel movie but typically it's lightsaber to lightsaber attack versus attack aggression versus aggression versus force versus force not something that's going to happen right away Uh, finally Wolverine does get hit and he does go down now he gets up a lot quicker than most people realize but it's not always super quick I'll kind give some examples from there let's see i think Wolverine's senses being super powerful i do like that point however they do also provide some weakness as his senses can get overloaded one time he, walked, he was fighting the hulk the hulk not the smartest character in the world and the hulk did his thunderclap where he brought his hands together and that overloaded uh wolverine's uh hearing and totally took him out of the fight defeating him right away that was that didn't take a lot of thought hulk can do it obi-wan i think is slightly more intelligent than the hulk I'll leave it at that. Man,
2: I really hope Obi-Wan doesn't drop the Hulk's thunderclap ability in this battle. I'll be in real trouble.
1: I know. If only he had some way to do it. Okay, let me get to my point number two. Let's talk about the fighting style of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So, look, on top of everything, Obi-Wan's known as an incredible tactician. He's a master improviser. He's insanely resourceful in his fighting methods. But in addition to all that, in the Star Wars universe, I'm going to say right now, it is agreed that Obi-Wan Kenobi is also one of the greatest lightsaber combatants Ever, as in ever. And even more so than Luke Skywalker, Obi Wan has mastered many forms of lightsaber, lightsaber styles, right? There's a whole bunch of different martial arts combative styles for lightsaber usage. He's mastered tons, tons of them and then combined them. You know, he kind of makes him like the James Gabs, or let's kind of go there. He's like the Bruce Lee, or even better, he's like the Crystal Storm of lightsaber users and Star Wars fan fiction. That's how great Obi Wan Kenobi is. Hope you like that crystal. Now, Obi Wan. Like I said, he's trained a number of different styles, and this is what's really important for this matchup. So the two styles he's really known for are Ataru and Sorisu. Now, Ataru is that kind of cool jumping around, acrobatic, I'm in, I'm out, Spider-Man with a lightsaber type of style, hitting really hard, getting out of there. But Sorisu is kind of this other style that also has defense. And what it's designed to do is go up against a much more aggressive, almost animalistic type of opponent who gets frustrated. The more they want it, they're in the fight. The longer the fight goes, the more animalistic and brutal they become. That is a style designed for that type of opponent. Now, we combine that with an aggressive style and that defensive style specifically designed against someone who's very brutal, very aggressive, very offensive. Then that's why Obi-Wan gets a win over so many Crazy people. And what Obi Wan does, well, does well, by the way, not just with his fighting style, is that he puts the force into his fighting ability like very few can. For example, when he was fighting General Grievous, you saw that kind of cyborg looking dude. He's got six lightsabers that are going super fast. He moves so fast using the force when he fought him. It was described that he formed a web out of his lightsaber blade while deflecting and dodging 12 strikes per second from General Grievous. That's 12 strikes per second. Per second that's because he had six arms Wolverine doesn't have six arms. He's super fast, but that's 12 lightsaber strikes per second He can spin his lightsaber so fast that it forms what looks like a shield And that's what he can also use to dodge blaster fire or attacks or whatever's coming him. He moves so fast that he can block and evade close-range blaster fire fire when he's surrounded from all directions figure that one out Remember when Obi-Wan was a Padawan he wasn't even a Jedi yet, Jedi yet he defeated and pretty much took out Darth Maul in that first Star Wars prequel. And Darth Maul at the time was arguably, I guess, the third most powerful Sith in existence at that time. There was Palpatine or Count uh, Sidious, Darth Sidious. There was Count Dooku, Count uh, Darth Tyrannus. I'm trying to remember all the names here. And then there was Darth Maul. So he was at least number three. And as a Padawan, he took him out. On top of that you know, you gotta remember, no one had seen a Sith for like a thousand years, so when Obi-Wan did it, he was like, I don't even know what this is exactly, I'll take him out, and he did. Then Obi-Wan defeated General Grievous, that cyborg Jedi killer, who was able to use that six lightsabers at once, then he beat Darth Maul with his magic enhanced super powerful brother, I'm talking about this character named Savage, or Savage Oppressed, great name by the way, and he was like an exact kind of version, same race as Darth Maul, except he was enhanced with magic, and had a dual blade, And Darth- and Obi-Wan took them both on, defeated them, and only defeated them broke Savage Press's leg, cracked it horribly, and as he fell down, chopped off or sliced off his arm. Just because, you know, why not? So when you think about Savage and everything, you got to think Obi-Wan can actually go there. And then Obi-Wan beat Darth Vader. Before, Darth Vader had the breathing problems and needed the really cool black suit and cape This when he was Anakin Skywalker, then turned into Darth Vader. I think that was probably the most powerful version of Darth Vader right then and there in his humanoid form. And of course, Obi-Wan beat him at the end of it. But here's the cool part. Take away his lightsaber, and Obi-Wan is still an insanely great fighter. He's taken on people with blades, with lightsabers, with firearms, creatures, whatever you can think of, with no weapons in his hands. And one of his trademarks, when someone's coming in with dual lightsabers ever, whatever, he's so fast and so tactical, he can actually catch the wrists of the person coming at him and then use the force to blast them back and gain that range. So using the Force to push or throw someone a vast distance or use the Force to bury someone under a ship or cave in a tunnel and bury them that way or to simply throw them into a body of water, he doesn't need a lightsaber to be a great fighter because he can use the Force to enhance it. But give him a lightsaber and put the Force through him and all the cool physical things he can do, he can then add that in a synergistic way to his fighting style. When you have What you have in Obi-Wan is a fighter who can fight like a legend at close range, but who can also hit and fight you know, at long range uh, in a way that you can't even really hit him back. That's why this is not a good matchup for Wolverine. And that's why Obi-Wan wins this. That's my point number two.
2: You're saying a whole heck of a lot of things, James. A couple of things make sense. A couple of things obviously do not. Now, uh, a few things you say, oh, he beat Darth Vader. I go, oh, wow. I don't remember that. Tell me when. Oh, Darth Vader was a kid. Darth Vader was a teenage boy at the time. Oh, it wasn't really Darth Vader is what I mean to say I'm James Gabsy. Oh, I mean to say he fought the person who would later become Darth Vader, <laughs> hone his skills, and be... Yeah, he didn't beat Darth Vader, you lying liar who lies. Anakin, Skywalker, Anakin, Anakin Skywalker was called Skywalker. Darth
1: Vader by yeah, L- Emperor but, Palpatine, please, and he was please. in his 20s, like please. an NFL... P- pro bowler he keep trying in his
2: 20s. Keep, keep trying here james that's great that is not when he was at the height of his powers and it's not even close and you know it look the guy in the revenge of the nerds movie put on the helmet and called himself darth vader all right i'm not going to pretend he had the same level of power as the one from star wars the empire strikes back okay start and finish there you lying liar who lies if he tries I just to wish force, you'd wish star wars if he go ahead, go ahead. If, if he tried to force push If he tried to force push Wolverine, Wolverine has a quick easy move, sticks his claw on the ground and just sits back and waits for the little shockwave to pass and then jumps and dives forward. The thing about force powers is there is a certain like recharge time to it. There is a certain sort of thing where if you use them too much or you're too aggressive with the force powers, they will wear you out. They will wear you down. You know, great master Yoda fights a very, very aggressive style, but we know that Yoda, even as a young man, couldn't keep that fighting style up. For an extended period of time, Wolverine can, like Captain America says, can go all day. You're not going to worry about a guy with a healing factor running out of endurance. If Obi-Wan Kenobi and Wolverine go at it for long enough, Obi-Wan will eventually get zapped of his strength. And Wolverine can deal with people who are tired. I promise you that.
1: Two things, Ray. First of all, Wolverine can get tired and does get tired. He has better endurance than most, but he does get tired. And secondly... After days of fighting... Against the Hulk, that wasn't like a days, those were like minutes, but that was the Hulk. Now, here's the other thing. Are you actually saying that when Anakin Skywalker was knighted as Darth Vader, that he wasn't powerful? You're saying that he was more powerful when he had the Darth Vader suit on?
2: I've seen Rogue One. I saw what that man did to that group of people in the hallway. No Anakin Skywalker doing that. I'm going to promise you right now.
1: He took out, let's, okay. Facts, interesting. (laughs) I like (laughs) your take on it. I I just, I wish, I wish I lived in whatever world you lived in, Ray. I'm sure Star Wars was great then. All right, Crystal Storm. Wow. We're now at the turning point. Oh, boy. You've heard two points from Ray. You've heard two points from me.
3: Yeah, I have. Tell us.
1: Crystal the Storm, who is ahead in this battle, and what does the other side have to do to pull out a win?
3: <laughs> we'll
1: start with you two.
3: Even though I, <laughs> I, I'm I, not buying some of Ray's Star Wars mythology here, no offense to him. I'm not buying all of it, um, but I am buying a lot of the points that Ray is making about Wolverine. So here's where I'm at. Um, as far as I think, skill and strength and kind of, you know, you know, who can lift four tons and who can lift twelve tons—I don't care. Um, I feel like Wolverine and Obi Wan <laughs> are really well matched in that area. And I don't like to make points for debaters. That's, that's something that I really don't like to do. But there are, there is some things that I absolutely need to hear going into point number three. And here's what's up. From you, James, I absolutely need to hear how Obi-Wan is going to deal with Wolverine's amazing healing factor because if Wolverine can get disintegrated and then come back to life. I need to know how Obi-Wan is going to counteract that to pull out this win. I'm a little concerned about Obi-Wan's Jedi code and maybe not being able to actually pull off a murder here. So, and that's kind of, that's the thing, right? He's got to, they got to be down for like two minutes, got to stay down for two minutes. So uh, we'll see there. Uh, Ray, I think that your points against Wolverine fighting the Force are weak. I don't think they're strong enough. I hear you when you say that Wolverine might not be affected by a Force push, but James listed and he did, about like 25,000 different things that the Force can do. So what is Wolverine going to do if Obi-Wan suspends him as midair? What is Wolverine going to do if Obi-Wan simply tells him, you will not fight me anymore? Like, what is Wolverine going to do against some of those other Force powers to get this win? Because I think when it comes to just both of them fighting, I think they're pretty well matched. So when you guys come into that point number three, I need to hear how these fighters are going to be overcoming these two characters' superpowers.
1: Interesting. This is why everyone enjoys having Crystal the Storm on as a judge for the Who Would Win show. All right, Race to Canis. Uh, she kind of laid out the points for both of us. Go ahead and hit with your point number three.
2: Well, geez, Crystal Storm, I don't understand in those two battles with Count Dooku why uh, Ben Kenobi didn't just make it hold him up in the air and just hold him there for the until the end of time because he doesn't do that. Those <laughs> you mentioned things the Force can do. James likes to bring up things that could happen, theory hammer us to death, but he never usually brings up actual things that person has done in actual battles against actual opponents. That's the thing. If you want to sit here and theory craft the Force, Crystal Storm. It's a magical energy that can do literally whatever the writers (laughs) say it can do. So, yes, if we're going to talk about the, the 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 concept of the force, I'm in a losing battle here. But let's talk about what he actually has used the force to do in battles. And it's a heck of a lot of force pushing. It's a heck of a lot of throwing things at people. And not a whole heck of a lot more than that that I've seen in any of these battles. So we can, again, theory craft, but I'd rather stick to reality and stick to things that actually do happen. Let's talk about Wolverine's adamantium, both his bones and his claws, because World War Hulk... James likes to bring up the Hulk. World War Hulk, Hulk is put on the record. He cannot kill him. He cannot be killed by planet busting, World War Hulk. I've never seen Ben Kenobi rip out a planet before. (laughs) I've never seen anything like that. You put an army against Ben Kenobi, you have a dead Ben Kenobi. He doesn't tend to stand up in front of an army by himself and then dive through and cut through all of them. He'd get blown away. There's a reason he needed to sneak around the Death Star. And he didn't just walk in and say, I'm just going to suspend this in midair forever because I'm Ben Kenobi. And that's how the force works. Please. You sound so salty, Ray. I love it. One thing that Wolverine has well known for doing is putting himself in a a place to feel pain and let himself get hit in order to land a blow against the opponent. Because he, as I said before, has a healing factor and Ben Kenobi does not. So every shot that Ben Kenobi hits Wolverine with will heal quickly. And every single thing that Wolverine hits Obi-Wan with will not. He will be feeling that. Let's face it. We've seen Jedi lose their hands many, many times over the course of battle in these lightsaber battles. Now, in a great series called The Mandalorian, I believe you might be familiar, we established that a lightsaber cannot penetrate Beskar armor. A lightsaber is not strong enough to do that. You know what I consider the Marvel equivalent of Beskar armor? Adamantium. He's got bones and claws made of adamantium, which I have to put on the same pedestal as Beskar armor from Star Wars in that he now has three Effective lightsabers on either hand that he is going to be using to fight a lightsaber battle with Obi-Wan Kenobi who has the one blade by himself. Well, Wolverine's a better fighter and has fought people with swords before, as I have said. And this sword, this lightsaber to Wolverine is not going to be any different than any other sword because he's going to be able to parry it. And knock it around and disarm and slice off hands just like any other person holding a sword to him would. This lightsaber against this one opponent is not going to be enough like it would be against 99% of other opponents. What's going to happen if he actually hits home with that lightsaber, hits him in the side, and the lightsaber just stops barely after penetrating the skin because it gets pushed away by an adamantium ribcage? Obi-Wan's not going to be ready for that, and he's going to get punctured through the lung immediately afterwards with three claws going through his chest strong will one of the things that the force doesn't have a good effect on is characters with strong will you can't just wave your hand and make smart or strong willed people just walk away wolverine is one of the strongest wills in all of marvel comics he's even had special training to fight people with psionic attacks he's fought against magneto before a guy who actually can pick you up in the air and dangle you around he's had actual combat and training against these type of things he's known along around the world to be a legendary great fighter. He knows Kung Fu. He's not just talking about some animalistic fighting style. He's one of the best fighters in all of Marvel Comics right up there. In fact, he's got wins over Shang-Chi. He's got a win over the greatest martial artist of all time in Marvel Comics, Shang-Chi. He's trained in the danger room at max settings and defeated it. So there's literally very little that Obi-Wan Kenobi will bring to the bring to Wolverine that he's not going to be prepared for because he's literally trained his whole life to fight against every conceivable type of thing. So when you put it all together and you've got the adamantium, which is going to take the lightsaber, quite frankly, right off the table, you've got the big claws, which are going to be too much for Obi-Wan Kenobi to overcome, and you've got the intense amount of training against people just like Ben Kenobi that he always wins, cranked up to 11 in the danger room. I frankly don't see how Obi Wan Kenobi can put Wolverine down, and that's my point number three.
3: Some interesting James, points here. Yes. Before you say anything, I've got to jump in here um, because Ray just made it. And I, you're probably going to attack it, but I have to ask. Ray, I need you to nerd alert me here because you're making a very strong argument that Adamantium is the same as Beskar, and I need to know how you're making this comparison versus just I'm Ray and I say so.
1: Well, you, you have to May look, I? Well, yeah, are- go ahead, yeah, go ahead, James. <laughs> okay, no, here's the deal. Ray's actually, hashtag Ray is right on this one. So <laughs> the thing is, uh, best car can actually, it takes a lot to kind of melt it. And what's found is that the heat of a lightsaber Boy, am I ever a nerd as I'm saying this. this is. Just I love constant.
3: this. Come on, nerd alert. Okay. Let's go. Know, Let's go. Let's do it. I'm my, so excited. My wife actually
1: says, like, I can't believe you actually kissed a girl when I talk like this, but it's true. Yeah. Here's the deal. So the heat of a lightsaber, because that's really what it is. It's a plasma kind of heat kind of thing going on with the lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Can't penetrate or melt Beskar. After a while, it may be able to. But at first, like just hitting it, it's not going to work. Adamantium conversely can also keep its shape and form at insanely high temperatures that are much higher than what yeah. a lightsaber can hit. So it I do that. actually agree, and I've actually used this to my favor before, that Adamantium is not something, at least in like a fight and quick shots and blows, that a, um, a lightsaber could break or, you know, cut through easily.
3: You thank James right now for making that point for you, Rick.
2: I thank him for making it two seasons ago. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I know it's, it's because here's the thing. You gotta. That's why we love these battles. You don't want to yeah. like. You really don't want to win on a technicality, especially this kind of matchup. Now, absolutely. Okay, Ray. I got some stuff I got to bring up with you now, Crystal. To answer your question, the turning point. Obi Wan does have a big kill list. He really does. If someone's coming after him, that's an attacker. He has no problem going after it. Like again, he killed Darth Maul. Thought he destroyed him the first time, then killed him later on. He's killed a number of high-level Jedi warriors, Mandalorians, armored people. The whole thing. He actually will kill if he feels he has to to accomplish whatever he's trying to accomplish because he always feels justified. He always feels like the ends justifies the means. Not a problem with killing someone, which is a little scary, by the way. Ray, to your point, you know when does when can Obi Wan like ever put himself in the middle of an army and just take them on? He literally did that in the third Star Wars uh, prequel where he was taking on General Grievous. And I always question this, by the way. He sees General Grievous because he's like, hey, if I kill General Grievous, then the war is over. That's what everyone thought. He's on the rafters, he jumps down on a platform where he is then surrounded by insanely powerful Magna droids who are designed to kill Jedi, and General Grievous, who is the ultimate Jedi killer for the time, and an army of the droids as well. He literally put himself, I have no idea why, into the middle of an army. And not only did he survive, he then took out General Grievous. This is someone who can do that and he's fought it really well.
2: But didn't it, General Grievous tell people to stand back so he could fight him by himself?
1: <laughs> not at first. Not at first. I think, And, I, and I'm trying to remember this correctly. Everyone kind of came at him and then General Grievous came at him. He then had the other people come in after Obi-Wan took out a couple of the lightsabers he was holding. So then it was just two on one. And then they started coming after him and then General uh, Obi-Wan was taking out everything. So it was actually a really cool thing. Tactically, okay, but yeah, it was a great thing. Okay, so let me kind of get to uh, all of this and, and kind of sum this up, and I hate doing this. I really do, because I love Wolverine. Not just because he's Canadian, just because he's awesome. So uh, here we go, point number three. Let's talk Wolverine losses and how Obi-Wan Kenobi gets the victory. I'm I'm really ashamed for what I'm about to do to a fellow Canadian, but you gotta do it. Obi-Wan's winning this fight. Why do I say this? Well, let's look, let's look at some of these losses Wolverine has had. Ray, you knew I was going here. He's lost to a character named Daredevil, and Daredevil has enhanced senses, and despite being blind, can see using like echolocation, like a dolphin's kind of really cool. He's a really good fighter, but he's severely overmatched physically versus someone like Wolverine. Just put it on paper, and you're like, there's no way Daredevil should last against Wolverine, So he did, and he won. How did he win? He uses the environment, and whatever's around him, he used it to hit Wolverine with him. He tripped him, slowed him down, until finally he picked up a dumbbell and repeatedly smashed it into his head until Wolverine kind of came to his senses like, yeah, maybe we shouldn't fight. Okay, I'll stand down. Daredevil had that kind of weird... Win. By the way, that's an actual fight I saw in Canada as well. Could be a Canadian thing. Let's see. This is intriguing because Obi-Wan is actually also a master of using his environment to help slow people down, hurt them, and even beat their opponents. Again, the same way Daredevil did to Wolverine, Wolf, all, Obi-Wan's done that as well. Now, I'm not saying Obi-Wan is going to be killing Wolverine, but incapacitating him for two minutes, that's something he can do. Let me go on. Wolverine lost to Spider-Man. And I do this comparison because Obi-Wan's got a lot of demonstrable feats similar to what Spider-Man can do. Now, in this particular one-on-one matchup, Spider-Man took on uh, Wolverine and kept everything at a very long distance, using his webs to swing away from him. Wolverine couldn't reach him because he was staying really far away, and when he did come in, he tagged him quick and then got out of there. Very similar to the style of an Obi-Wan Kenobi. And of course, using the Force, he can keep Wolverine very far away for a good amount of time. Again. This is something that Obi-Wan Kenobi does all the time. And these were tactics used to beat Wolverine. Here's another one. Wolverine lost to Gambit. Gambit's that person who can charge up objects with kinetic energy and then they go, you know, kablam. And he usually does that with uh, playing cards. So Gambit beat Wolverine officially by hitting him at a distance with explosive playing cards. Again, hitting them with something really hard from far away. Wonder who does that. Oh, yeah, that's Obi-Wan Kenobi. Wolverine lost to Cyclops. That's that guy who can shoot like a beam of like force out of his eyes. How did he lose? Well, they were fighting. Cyclops is like, I'm kind of done with this. Hits him with that eye beam and sends him flying really far away. uh, And I think off of a cliff or what have you. Obi-Wan can do the same thing with a force. I mean, I hate to sound like a broken record, but this is all the same ways. Wolverine has lost. Obi-Wan can do as well. My favorite Wolverine lost just because it was so ridiculous. Sorry, kids at home. This was to the Punisher. Now, again, on paper, (laughs) there is no freaking way (laughs) an unprepared Punisher in a random encounter against Wolverine should be able to beat him any way, shape, or form, and yet he did. I mean, Punisher, he's a good fighter, he's great with firearms, but no superpowers, doesn't have dolphin echolocation, like uh, Daredevil, which would've been cool, but he won, so how did he win? Well, first, the Punisher blew off Logan's face with a shotgun, right? And Wolverine got really angry and got distracted. Didn't slow him down, he got distracted. He's like, ow, you blew up my face. Then the Punisher, kids at home, sorry about this, shot off Logan's testicles in a similar fashion. And this left Wolverine on the floor at least for a second and about a minute or so while he was on the pain crawling around going, Oh no, my no-no danger zone just got separated from my body with a shotgun blast. uh, Punisher took his time and got into a steamroller. And then slowly drove over Wolverine's legs and pinned him in place. And then from there, the Punisher just kind of stayed there for a second. I think he lit a cigar, took a swig of a drink, two minutes passed, and just slowly walked away. And Wolverine's like, I'll get you for this. Da-da-da. He did weeks later, but that was a clear win for the Punisher with no superpowers. So, has Obi-Wan used the environment to be his opponent? Sure. Has Obi-Wan used the Force to push or throw an opponent a good distance away, like off of a cliff or in a space, moving from the field of battle? Sure. Has he used the Force to defeat someone from a long range way where their opponent couldn't hit them? Absolutely. Now, look, he hasn't used a steamroller to pin an opponent to the ground after blowing up the testicles, not yet anyway. There's a new series coming out, and I'm sure like there's a steamroller on Tatooine or somewhere or something like that. But Obi Wan has caused cave ins, landslides, the collapsing of buildings to trap an opponent and immobilize them for a long time under tons of debris and everything where they can't, where he can safely walk away and they're just not doing anything. Look, in this fight, Obi Wan will get in some great shots, take some great shots from Wolverine as well, no doubt. Obi-Wan will figure out very quickly that a killing shot won't work. I can just picture him saying like, wait, why? I just got you in the heart, but you're still going. What's going on? He's going to figure this out very quickly. Remember, he has taken on people with healing factors uh, who can kind of get hit, get stuff cut off, and just reattach it and keep on going. He's done that before. So he's going to position Wolverine in such a way where he'll use the force, put him in a position and use a lightsaber or the force, whatever, and he's going to bury him under tons and tons of rubble or cause a landslide or throw him off a cliff. He is going to incapacitate Wolverine in such a way where Wolverine may not be dead, may not even be knocked out, but will be incapacitated in such a way where he can't get up and keep fighting because he's got to bury his way out or get out of where he's been thrown. In the end, Obi-Wan's just got too many methods of fighting that he successfully used to win against super powerful opponents that have also clearly defeated Wolverine, take a deep breath, that's intoxicating mind fog, that's my point number three.
2: James, you did a thing that you love to do on this show with the intoxicating mind fog, and that's that you leave out important details that suddenly don't make what you're saying that impressive anymore. Yes, Daredevil has a victory over Wolverine. What you didn't mention is he got brainwashed, so he wasn't even really himself in that battle, and the only reason Daredevil defeated him in that battle is because he knocked him in the head once and and shook off the brainwashing. So once he hit him in the head once, he was cleared, and he said, I don't want to fight you, you're my friend. Is that a victory for Daredevil? Sure. Did you mention any of that? A little less impressive when you actually tell the full story. And the story with Frank Castle, one, that's a Garth Ennis uh, Punisher story, which is why I love it. They did do Wolverine, Spider-Man, Daredevil, pretty much any any uh, any hero Frank Castle teamed up with, they did him dirty but also they were in the sewers together and Frank Castle ambushed him with a shotgun blast to the face when he didn't know that it was going to be coming from around a darkened corner when he thought they were friends and then just escalated quickly with a whole lot of other attacks, including the steamroller that he had previously set up exactly for this ambush. So again, it's not like him and Frank Castle squared off and suddenly he just got it taken to him. It was a surprise dirty attack that was immediately followed up with a great plan. Again, James, when you tell the actual story of what happened not really that particularly impressive and you say oh oh ben kenobi's fought against people who've been able to reattach limbs if they get cut off i don't think that's exactly how anakin skywalker works but if you want to go with that theory i'm gonna say you go with that it didn't get reattached until considerably later look at the end of the day these two are gonna fight What we've actually seen Ben Kenobi use with the force is nothing Wolverine hasn't done in the danger room and been able to perfect without getting hit. When they get in close, I'm not going to say Ben Kenobi's not a great fighter, but he's used to winning fights with a lightsaber that he thinks can cut people in half. And as soon as he takes that first hit on Wolverine, And it doesn't land home because it bounces off of his adamantium skeleton and claws. He's not going to know where to go next. You talk about a master improviser. He ain't ready for that. That's not something he's dealt with before. He generally has a good idea of the world around him. And this is a whole other can of worms. Wolverine is going to be too much, too fast, too strong. And he's got those claws for days. He's going to puncture Ben. He's going to take some shots of his own, but he's going to heal from it. I just don't see when these two start trading actual blows how Ben Kenobi doesn't get worse while Wolverine stays at the same high level.
1: The the only thing I got to say to all this is if he can't be mind controlled, the brainwashing kind of throws me a little bit, which makes me wonder if the Jedi mind trick or at least the ability to calm someone down would work. And then secondly, just for you know educational purposes, in the Clone Wars cartoon – Obi-Wan did fight someone who was kind of like a shapeshifter, and when you cut him, it was like a plastic man kind of thing. He could reattach whatever body part or appendage was cut off. That's what I'm referencing, not Anakin Skywalker, who then turned into Darth Vader. No, All that's
2: right. awesome, That's awesome. but of course, with the Adamantium skeleton, Wolverine's not getting anything cut off now, is he?
1: No, that's true. Just the healing factor, though, is what he'd be able to deal with. So, with that being said, Crystal, you've heard three points from both Ray and myself. Ooh. It is now time for you to make a decision. Take us through your process, tell us the story, and tell us who wins this battle between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Wolverine.
3: This is an amazing battle, by the way. Two characters who I really, I really like. I really, really like. I am I am a huge Star Wars geek. I recently got my lightsaber. There you go, I have a lightsaber. That's nice. all you need to know about this battle. Um, all right, so who wins this? Um, okay. I like what you guys did tonight. I like that uh, James tried to pull his BS in the uh, in the third round. It was great. Comics are insane with some of these matchups that they do. I think that these guys have, they are very, very, very well matched. I think they are extremely well matched as far as skill goes, as far as their abilities go. I think what's pushing this over the top for me is, Ray, I think you told the better story here. Mm. I I do. I think that when it comes to Obi-Wan having to deal with the fact that Wolverine's entire freaking body is made of something that his lightsaber can't cut through, I'm not hearing enough about Obi-Wan's ability to kind of deal with that fast enough to not get skewered. And that's kind of where I see this battle going in Ray talking about how Wolverine's definitely going to take some shots. Obi-Wan's definitely going to be using his force powers to do things. But kind of like Ray says, I don't know if Obi-Wan's going to lift Wolverine in the air or throw him into a wall or bring a whole house down on his head and keep him there for two minutes. I'm not sure that Obi-Wan does this in enough time to prevent Wolverine from doing human type damage that Obi-Wan can't overcome. So I'm going to I really want to I mean I freaking love Star Wars, but I think I think I think Wolverine pulls this out.
1: Unbelievable. Unbelievable. I definitely have something to say about this. Race to Canis. This is a victory for you. Where's your head at with this decision?
2: uh redemption you know i might not have gotten red dead redemption last week but i sure as heck got who would win redemption this week wolverine is too great a character you know he ran into a buzzsaw with bloodshot in season one quite honestly who is a character who matches him pound for pound but had the nanites which james made a great point in that one i hate to say it but it was like three years ago so i'm allowed to now uh where the nanites would would uh, take away his healing factor which pretty much if you do that to wolverine he's done and right. it was just a bad matchup here right. i think it was the reverse i think obi-wan had a bad matchup against wolverine and i'm so excited we finally in season four understand to get judges on the show who will listen and actually you know make good decisions based on the arguments that they are hearing <laughs> crystal storm <laughs> you're back on the show anytime you want you're oh, now, I'm back, now, now i'm on back now I'm <laughs> back. would you have said Bubble that if gum, i had a voted for on, on my Obi-Wan? list maybe no Well, you'd never, I would never talk to you again, but that's not the point. The point is you did a great (laughs) job when you lit up that lightsaber to begin the final verdict. I got a little nervous.
1: You know, I got to tell you, I love having Crystal Storm on the show. I (laughs) loved your explanation. I'm going to have to say this. I disagree with it 100%. I, and the I reason you. why, and the reason yeah. why, is because look, if you said it was a battle to the death, like a death match kind of thing, yeah, yeah. Wolverine's got this. But to say like, hey, you've got to defeat this person, mm-hmm. he's fought insanely strong opponents at odds again, and if that's the thing he does. He figures yeah. out a way to use environment and to collapse things on people and do what have you the mm-hmm. exact same way Wolverine has lost many times so this was an interesting decision yeah so
3: I'll, I'll I'll kind of like that James and say that I think for your third point instead of focusing so heavy on kind of because I'm kind of used to this now being a judge with the ridiculousness sometimes of comics and these win losses mm-hmm. and it's like how much weight do I actually give to the fact that in this comic or Wolverine lost to all these people versus well he's also beat Shang-Chi and then he tosses Colossus around and that sort of thing so I would have loved to hear more from you maybe more about Obi-Wans ability um, as a tactician, his ability to adapt and his ability to just say, you know what? Sure, I hit um, Wolverine with the lightsaber and then he finds out that it's adamantium. No big deal. I force push him and then I bring 50 tons of rock down on him and he's done and I walk away and I'm happy. I would have loved to hear more of that in point number three than the Wolverine's embarrassing loss. Got
1: record. it. Guys, it. So it's only a bit yeah. more straightforward. Note has yeah. been made. So yeah, yeah, yeah. By the way, yeah, but would- note has been made. Interesting. Mm-hmm. All right. Crystal Storm. You know, I didn't get the win I wanted, but it was an epic battle. I still think this is gonna be a classic who would win matchup for the ages. Race to Canis, congratulations. I, can't I think yeah. I got to I love Wolverine. I, I think you did Wolverine Proud. Thank I you. I'm I'm pretty cool with this decision, by the way. With that being said, Crystal Storm, tell us where we can find you online and where we can watch that brand new show of yours.
3: Absolutely. Find me online at crystalsimagination.com. All the things you can read my books. You can find out about all my upcoming projects. I'm currently streaming full times on Twitch so you can hang out me with me live like four or five days a week. It's crazy. And please go and watch the good news. Support the good news show. Stop doom strolling. You know what? Stop even debating this debate. Go watch the good news show real quick. Then come back and talk more about Obi-Wan and Wolverine because I feel like the Legion of audience is going to be talking about this for two weeks at least. Like, at least. But go to televisions.com to learn more about the good news show. And also DM James a lot because he's the executive <laughs> producer.
1: Y- you know, you think as the executive producer, I'd get some, you know, favoritism. But no, because that's how awesome Crystal Storm is. I actually do like that a lot. Go check out the show. It's brilliant, <laughs> and Crystal's amazing. Ray Canis congratulations. That's a third win for you for season four. You're starting out very strong. I got to tell you, though— I love this matchup. I loved everything about it. I thought it was fantastic. I think you did a great job. You guys did a
3: great job. You did. You both did a really good job. It was strong. Ray, tell everyone where they can find
1: you online.
2: A lot of things I want to say right now. You know, my original prediction when the season four of Who Would Win Show started I was that I would go 51-0. and I have to revise that to 50-1 and because we did lose last week. Obviously, I'm not going to lose another one the entire rest of the season, but I got some housekeeping to do because I'm in a great mood with a great character and a great victory with a very good judge. <laughs> I'm going to do a little five-star review. You can always give us five stars on Apple Podcasts. This is from Ashton Barface. And it says, please talk about this. Five stars. Good job. So let's talk about it. Good job. Yes, Ashton Barface. I did a good job today because I'm great and I deserve to win this episode. Now, James, Ashton we didn't have say a Patreon. Great job.
1: He said um, good job. Well,
2: I, I did a great job. I was uh, paraphrasing. You know, obviously, uh, using words isn't what he does best. My point is, <laughs> you're right, Ashton Barface. I am great. I did a good Maybe great job in this episode because I'm really the best. Hashtag Ray is right. Hashtag my awkward allies will be partying in the streets. Put on your Wolverine claws and your big eared helmets. And I know that there's a couple of fans out there who maybe have a special affinity for Wolverine. And I'd love to get a free pint from you at the bar uh, at some point because I'm broke. The point I'm trying to make in all of this is we also have a Patreon, patreon.com right. slash who would win show. And Joe Leal is our patron of the week. Here we go. I would like to highlight on James. Give me a hero for Joe to fight
1: squirrel girl.
2: Squirrel Girl. Now, the good thing about when Joe Leal fights Squirrel Girl is there's a stipulation in the fight that the the camera has to stay on the battle because the second that the camera moves them off panel, Squirrel Girl hits you and she wins no matter who she's fighting. She's even done that to, dare I say, Wolverine before, and it was heinous. But Joe Leal kept her on camera, knocked her down a bunch of times, and was able to stand over her triumphantly as she's begging the cameraman to pan away. He won't do it. Joe Leal takes that win again. Against Squirrel Girl. Can you believe it? You can always find me on Twitter. I'm at Almighty Ray. We're gonna be having a hashtag victory Friday of a hashtag Victory Fridays this week, my Rainiacs. I'll see he you there.
3: Makes me regret voting for Crystal. I get that a lot. Time. Yeah. I get, he that, a lot. He just, I he get that a lot. It makes you regret
1: it. It makes he, he he paints it. Well, the worst part is he sent me a video of his of him eating a pudding. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's not something that we want to share on Patreon. Or
3: maybe we do. I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, does the Patreon fans want my notes? Because I will give you my notes to put up on Patreon for the fans.
1: I think that's a great idea. Let's put them up. Okay. I think your notes are fantastic. All right. Okay. You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook by typing in at James Gavs. You remember to join the official Who Would Win Facebook group to make a suggestion for a matchup for the show and to be part of our growing community. You can also find us on Instagram at Who Would Win Show. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you go for our podcasts. On behalf of myself, Ray Sicanis, the Geek and Game community, and the rest of the amazing Who Would Win team, thank you once again for listening to another episode of Who Would Win. We'll see you next time. Hey, gang, I hope you enjoyed this episode and love listening to the show as much as we enjoyed making it. Quick reminder that you can support us by going to patreon.com slash right now. OK, got to prepare for next week's episode. Hope the rest of your day is full of wins. Hi, I'm Kevin Goatee. Hey, I'm Kevin Israel. Ghostbusters? You can find us on all podcast platforms like Apple, Google, Spotify, and more. And if you want to watch our smiling faces, we're also on YouTube. Guttingthesacredcow.com is where you find all of our information. And we look forward to our guests infuriating you when they attack your favorite films.
0: When everyone's on the same page, getting things done at work is easy. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Grammarly is your secure AI writing partner that allows your team to make their point and move faster.